0: I know last week I said, hard to believe it's Thanksgiving. It's only a week later, but it's hard to believe it's Advent season. (laughs) Uh, And I know that most Advent series will start, you know, focused on Mary or focused on Joseph. Um, But we're going to start with the wise men, who in theory came later in the story, uh, like two years later in the story. But uh, the heart of the message today is is not necessarily about the wise men, but on what they lead us to. And on what they teach us about Jesus. But I want to start with a story that I found online. I found this very funny. I had to share it. Uh, in a small southern town, there was a nativity scene that showed great skill and talent. Had gone into creating it. Uh, real fancy, really cool. And while, uh
1: Three wise men were wearing
0: firemen's helmets. That bothered, that bothered the person who, who was telling the story. He came ac- upon this and found that the wise men had on firemen's helmets. Uh, and he was totally unable to come up with any explanation and just kind of kept moving on, shaking his head and wondering <laughs> what was that about? He stopped in at the gas station at the edge of town and he asked the lady behind the counter about the helmets. She exploded in a rage, yelling at him. Y'all Yankees never do read the Bible. He assured her that that he did but couldn't recall anything about firemen in the Bible. She jerked her Bible from behind the counter. Pretty cool that she had her Bible behind the counter. Uh, And ruffled through some pages and Jabbed her finger at a passage and shoved it in his face. said, see, it's right there. The three wise men came
1: from afar. Now we're going to read the actual story of the wise men. (laughs) In uh, Matthew chapter 2,
0: verses 1 through 12. Now, not to return to Herod. They departed to their own country by another way. So the part of this story that we're going to focus on this morning is less on the wise men and more on the star. But we're going to do this a bit like one of those shows where it starts out with like a cool, high, intense scene and then it flashes on the screen 72 hours earlier and tells you, you know then the episode goes on to show you how they got to that point and then it picks up there so we're going to do that only it's not going to be 72 hours earlier it's going to be 4000 years earlier so it's a bit of a flashback <laughs> so the old testament <laughs> is a story of frustrated hope it begins by telling us that humans were created in the image of god but it wasn't long For human sin
1: and were kicked out of paradise. Along
0: with the word of judgment came a word of promise. God said that one of Eve's descendants would crush the enemy, a deliverer would come to rescue the people, and I'm sure Adam and Eve. We're kind of hoping that their firstborn would be the solution to the problem. All right, let's start over. Here's the solution. But their firstborn was Cain, and Cain turned out to be part of the problem.
1: Sin continued.
0: Sin got worse. There was a partial time of salvation with Noah, but then sin continued. Humanity continued having problems, having the hope of something better, but never quite there, never quite achieving it.
1: Some important promises were given to Abraham,
0: but he died before he received all the promises. He had a child, but he didn't get to the promised land, and he was
1: not yet a blessing to all the nations.
0: Promise continued. It was given again to Isaac and then to Jacob. Jacob and his family went into Egypt and became a great
1: nation, but they were in slavery.
0: But even in that, God remained faithful with his promise. And through some spectacular miracles, also known as plagues,
1: God brought them out of Egypt. What?
0: the nation of Israel fell short of the promise again. Miracles didn't help. The law didn't help. They kept on sinning. They kept on failing. They they kept on wandering in the desert for 40 years. But God was true to his promise. He brought them into the land of Canaan with many miracles and he gave them the land.
1: But that didn't fix their problems.
0: They were still sinful people. How could this messed up nation ever become a blessing to every other nation? They kept on sinning. They kept on falling into idolatry again and again. God finally let the northern tribes of Israel be taken captive by Assyria. You would think that would be a wake-up call and, and that that would change things but it didn't to the point where the people failed again and God let Judah go into captivity in Babylon. Where was the promise now? The people were right back where Abraham started in Mesopotamia by the Euphrates River. They're in captivity exactly where Abraham was called to leave. It kind of feels like it was all for nothing. Where was the promise? He wasn't lying lying when he made those promises. He would fulfill them, no matter how badly the people failed.
1: God let his people stay in Babylon
0: for a long time. Not as long as they were in Egypt, but a long time. And after that, only a small percentage of the people returned to Jerusalem. And it became a nation that was a shadow
1: of its former self. They got a taste of freedom, but then Rome shows up.
0: They weren't any better off now in the promised land than they had been in Egypt or Babylon or Assyria. And they groaned, where is the promise that you gave to Abraham? how are we going to be a light to the nations when all this is still happening? How are the promises of David going to be fulfilled if we can't even rule ourselves?
1: But under Rome, the people grew frustrated. Some people
0: gave up hope. Some joined underground resistance movements like the Zealots. Others tried to just be more religious, more worthy of God's blessings. Everyone longed for God
1: to do something. God started in the smallest way possible. An embryo. Behold, I will give you a sign,
0: he said through Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and bring forth a child. And you will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He was first called Jesus. In the Hebrew name Yeshua, which means God will save us. God began fulfilling his promise with a child conceived out of wedlock.
1: At least, that's the way everybody was going to see it.
0: There was some stigma attached to that. Or even in John 8, 30 years later, the Jewish leaders are making comments about
1: Jesus' parents.
0: Who was going to believe Mary's story? Some angel came and told me that this is going to happen. I mean, think about that. If somebody that you knew came and told you that this is what happened, are you going to believe them? It sounds a little far-fetched, like they're trying to come up with something, right? It's going to be hard for people to believe. God began fulfilling the hope of his people in a way that they just didn't recognize. No one would have guessed that this, as they called him, illegitimate child, was the answer to the nation's hopes. A baby can't do anything, can't teach anyone, can't help anyone, can't save anyone, but a baby has potential.
1: And when a baby's born, you just look down at him or her and Think of all the things that God wants to do with their life. Potential. The angels came and told the shepherds
0: that a Savior had been born in Bethlehem. He was a Savior, but he wasn't doing any saving right now. He actually needed to be saved himself.
1: His family had to flee to Egypt. Avoid King Herod. He needed saving.
0: But God called that helpless baby a savior. He knew what that baby would do. In that baby
1: were all the hopes of the people of Israel.
0: Here was the light to the Gentiles. Here was the blessing for all the nations. Here was the son of David who would rule the world. Here was the descendant of Eve who would crush the enemy.
1: But he was just a baby. Born in a stable, his life in danger.
0: But in his birth, everything changed. When Jesus was born, there was no sudden burst of Gentiles coming to Jerusalem to be taught. There was no sign of political or economic strength. No sign except that a virgin had conceived and given birth. A sign that no one was going to believe.
1: But God came to us. Came down to us because he's faithful to his promises. And he is
0: the basis of all our hopes. The history of Israel shows again and again that human methods don't work. We can't achieve God's purposes by our own efforts. God doesn't do things the way we think, but in the way he knows will work. Our way always gets
1: messed up. and We feel that. Why does everything I do not work? We think in terms of laws and land
0: and kings and kingdoms. God thinks in terms of tiny beginnings. Spiritual rather than physical strength. A victory in weakness rather than power. When God gave us Jesus, he fulfilled his promises and brought about everything he had said.
1: But they didn't see that fulfillment right away. All they saw was a baby. Most people didn't believe it. Even worse, those who did believe it could only hope. We now know
0: that Jesus grew up to give his life as a ransom for our sins, to bring us forgiveness to be a light to the Gentiles, to defeat the devil, to defeat death after his death and resurrection. We can see how Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. We can see much more than the Jews could see 2,000 years ago.
1: But we still don't see
0: everything. We don't yet see all of the promises fulfilled. We don't yet see Satan chained up to where he can't deceive us anymore. We don't see everyone knowing God yet. We don't see the end of crying and death. We still eagerly desire that final answer. But in Jesus, we have hope. We have
1: assurance. We have a promise.
0: A promise guaranteed by God, confirmed by his Son, and sealed by the Holy Spirit. We believe that everything else will come true. That Christ
1: will complete the work that he started. Our hope is
0: starting to bear fruit. We can be confident that all of those promises that God made will be fulfilled. Not necessarily in the way we might expect, but according to his plan. He's going to do it as he promised through his son, Jesus Christ. You might not see it now. God has already acted. He's working now behind the scenes, bringing his will to fruition. Just as in the baby Jesus, we have hope and the promise of salvation, so in the risen Jesus, we have hope and the promise of completion. It's true of the growth of the kingdom. It's true in the work of the church. It's true in each of our lives to think, all of that
1: was packed into the star that showed up on that night. All of that was in that star that led the wise men to the very place where Jesus was. The light represented hope.
0: The light offered the wise men something they didn't have before. When they saw the light, the star, for the first time, they embarked on a journey to go find the source of the light.
1: When they came to
0: where the star actually was, and they, they found Jesus, which is probably more than they, they were expecting, to find the source of this light. But they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they fell down and worshiped him. We're going to read Isaiah 9, 2 again. It was re- we read it this morning uh, during the Advent lighting. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone.
1: Jesus is the great light.
0: Getting into John chapter 1, I'm just going to read a couple verses, but this whole first section of John chapter 1, it really hits on this. We're just going to read a few of the verses, 4, 5, and 9. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Light is defined as life. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Those who have faith in him will have eternal life. This life is a gift that Jesus brought from God into a dying world, into a dark world. As people come to faith in Christ, his work begins to grow in them. Jesus said that we each must be born again When we come to believe in Him, the Holy Spirit overshadows us and creates in us new life. Just as Jesus promises,
1: He comes to live within us.
0: Someone once said, Jesus could be born a thousand times, and it would do me no good unless He is born
1: in me. The hope that Jesus gives the world. Does us no good unless we accept him as our hope. We need Jesus to live in us.
0: We don't yet have all of the fulfillment of the promises that God has made. We don't have all the the life and goodness that he offers.
1: We have a taste, but not all of it. What we have is a light. A light in the darkness, a star in the distance, hope, a down payment,
0: a promise of better things to come. What we have now is just a baby in comparison to the glory that God wants to give us. You
1: know, we might look at ourselves and think,
0: I don't see much here. I'm not much better than I was 5, and 15, 20 years ago. I still struggle with sin and doubt and guilt. I'm still selfish and stubborn. I'm not much better at being a godly person than the Israelites were. I wonder if God's really doing anything in me. It doesn't seem like I've made any progress.
1: The answer is to remember Jesus.
0: Spiritual beginning might not seem good for much right now, but it is because God says it is. What we have is only a
1: down payment. It's a beginning.
0: It's a a guarantee from God himself. The Holy Spirit in us is a down payment of the glory
1: that is to come. It's just a piece. Angels came and sang. When Jesus was born,
0: it was a moment of triumph. Even though the people couldn't see it that way, it was a moment of triumph. The angels knew that victory was certain because God had told them so. And Jesus tells us that angels rejoice when any person, any one person, comes to faith in Christ
1: because a baby has been born. That baby might not perform very well, might have a lot of struggles, but it's a child of God. God will see the work that he started to completion.
0: He's going to take care of us. Though our spiritual lives are not perfect by any stretch, God will keep working in us until his work is done just as there is a tremendous amount of hope in the baby Jesus, there is a tremendous amount of hope in the baby Christian. No matter how long you've been a Christian, there is tremendous hope in you.
1: Because God has invested in you. He's not going to abandon the work that he has begun in you. Jesus is the evidence that God always keeps his promises. Jesus is the light of the world. Which makes Jesus the hope of the world. Let's pray. Close with a song. Lord, thank you for just this bigger picture. To see how Jesus is our hope. Fill us with that hope today.
0: Lord. Even if it's just a little bit of light in the darkness that we're experiencing, help us to see that light today. To put our hope in you. To know all of the things you have promised will
1: come true. In your name we pray.